How do you do? The Box Office Pulp Board feels it would be a little unkind to present this podcast without just a word of friendly warning. We're about to unfold a cinematic commentary track, made by a group of men who sought to create a podcast after their own ravings, without reckoning upon God. It is one of the strangest tales ever told. It deals with three great mysteries of the internet, analysis, observation, and deconstruction. I think it will thrill you. It may shock you. It might even horrify you. So if any of you feel you'd not care to subject your nerves to such a strain, now's your chance to... Well, we've warned you. Now, to pause and refresh. For your convenience, we have an attractive refreshment stand in the lobby, with buttered popcorn, golden good and hot from the popper, your favorite candies, wholesome and rich, so delicious Dr. Pepper, so bright and bracing, with a tang and tingle unmatched by any other beverage. Our dwarves are now in Dr. Pepper at our beverage stand right now. And then return to fully appreciate to this bump and a tragedy. Rated R. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Box Office Pulp, your one-stop podcast for movies, madness, moxie, and after a very extended wait, more Mortal Kombat. That's right. Our Mortal Kombat month continues much later than a month after it started with a new bop in a movie commentary for Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Yeah, an- Annihilation, not scorpion's revenge or the new one in theaters or that cartoon i drew when i was five but mortal Kombat annihilation that one everyone knows about i'm your host cody joining me today for this bop in a movie are my co-host mike say hello mike um guys i don't really know how to tell you this i'm kind of putting it off but i also know that you you care about good content so i've also been saving it to to do it publicly on the podcast but despite being vaccinated i I have techno syndrome. Dun, 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 dun. Jamie, finish him. I think I passed it to you guys. If I had techno syndrome, I would be one in much better shape, two really sweaty, and three dancing furiously in the hallway of my apartment complex. I can assure you, I've done no physical activity for the last five years of my life, so I'm okay. You know, uh, techno syndrome is actually what happens when you uh, give someone a fatality unprotected. I don't want to think about that. <laughs> what does that mean? I don't like... Just, just, just get your imagination it. go wild. Mike, you've had enough time to introduce yourself, and this is all Pretty cool, Jamie. huh? <laughs> Jamie, say hello. Living fist fight! Doop, 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 doop. Sure, those were words. Folks, thank you very much for joining us. I know it's Annihilation, but we're going we're gonna to have some fun. Uh, speaking of which, I have a drink for tonight that's uh, like one step above paint thinner. You're going to love it. So for uh, tonight's cocktail, if you want to drink along with us as we watch the movie, this is the Loch Ness Monster. And what you're going to need is one ounce of spiced rum, one ounce of gold tequila, one ounce of amaretto, one ounce of vodka, one ounce of gin, one ounce of blue carousel, one ounce of silver rum, one ounce of Chambord raspberry liquor, uh, one ounce of Midori melon liquor, one ounce of coconut rum, 
one ounce of peach schnapps, and then a can of Monster Energy drink. I, I hope you got all that. There's like 11 alcohols. Jesus Christ. And Monster Energy drink. And it's an abomination. It's, yeah, it is this your animality? It's, this is my own fatality. There should be like some Papa Roach lyrics here, like cut my life into pieces. Um, so, folks, if, if, if you're making Black Ness Monster, you're going to get yourself a big glass. It's got to hold over 12 ounces. Uh, you're going to just mix all the booze together. <sighs> and then uh, this, this is what I've been told is the important part. You're, you're going you're gonna to float Monster Energy Drink over top. I don't know how much put in. I, I got like a big tea oh, glass. So. Sounds horrible. Oh baby. Oh god. Um. So you you just pour that in. I don't like Monster Energy drink at all. Um, it just seems like you're about to be killed by Ghost Face. <laughs> I'm not excited about this drink, but it, hopefully it means I don't have to feel anything tomorrow. Uh. So yeah. Uh. It, I figured this is a monster themed drink for a monstrous abomination of a film. Uh. And it'll probably get me to forget a lot of what's happening here because it doesn't matter and the weird mishmash of different flavors seems appropriate to the number of fighters they've crammed into this film without real purpose so there you go uh i'm uh let me let me take a sip of this oh god it smells like cough medicine oh, oh god <laughs> delightful you're, you're gonna love it why oh. <laughs> you on don't, fire don't oh, you could don't don't put in like half a can of monster energy with the cocktail you're just gonna taste like shitty monster and and like the worst of the alcohol. Don't don't make this drink. Just just drink like straight from I don't know. A, uh, just get some vodka. Anyways, whoo! Excited to drink this and talk about a movie, folks at home. If you haven't done a commentary with us before, real basic. We are going to play Mortal Kombat Annihilation and we're gonna talk over it as if we had something to do with the making of this movie. You are welcome to join us. We'll do a countdown in just a moment. And then if you have a copy of the movie, you can pop it in and watch along with us. Like you're there with us in the room pretending to be people that worked on the movie. It's a lot of pretend, but it's fun. Mike, do you want to count us down? I will. One. Two. Three. Oh, there it is. The best part of the movie. Mortal Kombat. Oh, this Kombat. is what the New Line logo is to me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they are inseparable. God. What a great theme. This theme is so good, you can't divorce it from Mortal Kombat. Every iteration of Mortal Kombat needs to have it, or it will feel incomplete. It's amazing to think that the games existed in a world without this music. And were popular, too. I don't get it. That's like finding out that John Williams composed the Superman theme for the home video release. Yeah, it's, it's fucked up. Uh, okay, so let's get our movie facts out of the way here. This entry was directed by John R. Leonetti. Lenny, uh, Leonetti got a promotion from being the DP on the first Mortal Kombat to being the director of this film. Uh, don't cry for Leonetti, though. He's still out there directing and even uh, acting as a cinematographer, so his career didn't really suffer from this. He was the DP on uh, a bunch of James Wan pictures, even. Uh, Insidious 1, 2, The Conjuring, Dead Silence, and he directed Annabelle. So he's out there living his best life. If only he had been the DP on the new movie. I know. What if Juan <laughs> brought him back to direct the new movie? <laughs> That'd have been, yeah, it would have made sense. Uh, our screenplay here is by Brent V. Friedman and Bryce Zabel. Uh, pretty notable here. The story credit goes out to producer Lawrence Kasanoff. Uh, we talked about Kasanoff quite a bit in the first movie. And boy, he was an important factor in, in this one happening. 
Ho-ho. This is his heel turn. Hell out of it. (laughs) This is the road that led to food fight. (laughs) Well, we'll get to food fight. Our cast here, we've got Robin Shaw returning as Liu Kang, uh, Talisa Soto uh, as Katana, James Remar is now taking over as Raiden. Weird choice, but okay. Uh, Sandra Hess is the new Sonya Blade, Lynn Williams as Jax, uh, Brian Thompson as Shao Kahn. Uh, until I started researching this movie, I never realized he was one of the punks the Terminator kills at the start of Terminator. Or uh, Buffalo Bob and Joe Dirt, so that just blew my mind. <laughs> Uh, our Cobra, cinematography. X-Files. Is oh, yeah, he will always be the leader of the band of maniacs from Cobra for me. Mataro! <laughs> that other guy! A big tail! Fucking Rain. I don't, rain always makes me laugh. I don't know why. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> it's he, just looks he looks so like, sad. He does. <laughs> he looks like he's embarrassed to be in this movie. And I he's Rain. myself today. So our cinematography is by Matthew... Oh, God, just look at that compositing. He's uh, saying cinematography on that shot. It's unfortunate. Uh, so Matthew Leonetti is the older brother of John Leonetti, and their father, Frank Leonetti, also worked in the industry and owned a motion picture equipment business. So they, they've all been in this biz for a long time. It's just generational talents. This is a bad film to bring up for his skills, though, because, dear God, look at it. I don't... It, oh, God. No one looks like they belong in the background. They they like keep tilting the camera up to get a good view of these shitty clouds, and it's it's some choices. Yeah, the camera angles are very nostalgia critic movie, which does not work in its favor. You everyone seems die. huge. <sighs> She'll always be one of the Boy. sirens to me. <laughs> Too bad you will God, die. These clips. <laughs> I, I think the primary mode of communication in this movie is flips. You don't walk, you just spin. Someone once, like, counted, and it's, like, literally, like, 19% of the film is flips. I'm not surprised, and I don't doubt this. Uh, our music here is by George S. Clinton. He returned from the first film. Give up uh, the book. The music the is still is good. By... It's the only yeah. good part of the film. <laughs> Uh, editing by uh, Peck Pryor. Isn't it kind of weird that Raiden never really gets a good fight in any of these movies? I want to see the Thunder God unleash. <laughs> uh, when he does fight, he's fucking James Ramar. <laughs> Screaming a gibberish. I mean, they, they gave Raiden the classic move there, right? Where like he teleports across the screen and just slams into it with his fists, but it's just not filmed in a way to be exciting. God, everyone's just tumbling all over. This is awful. Raiden just Those... kicking Shao Kahn's ass in the first scene. That really <laughs> sets him up as a formidable foe. A real, real tough guy. With that helmet that doesn't fit his face in any way. Thank God those ninjas were here. Anyways, this movie was released November 21st, 1997. Weird to think of this as a Thanksgiving movie, but why not? Uh, this was two and a half years after the original movie came out, yet somehow it feels like it was rushed out to come out the same year, like a Son of Kong situation. I'm, I'm kind of stunned that it actually took two and a half years to make something that's this half-baked. Um, our runtime here is one hour, 35 minutes, budget, $30 million. Just, just to go back, the first Mortal Kombat was made for $12 million less. This movie made $30 million worldwide. 
So it made $73 million less than the original, and it cost $12 million more. That's tough. That's rough. That's why we never got a Mortal Kombat 3, which apparently was in the conception phase as they were making this movie, because they were pretty confident they were going to make a lot of money and do another one right away. It lost me, as, as a kid in theaters, they lost me when they kill off Johnny Cage here. Yeah. It's not Johnny Cage, I, I it's just some dude. <laughs> I distinctly remember the blockbuster night my family made around this movie, and just the instant, no! It's like, oh, that's, that's this movie. <laughs> you okay there, Cody? God, I hate this drink. <laughs> just put it down, man. Just put it down. No, I have to drink it. This is my tournament. Though, apparently, though, Johnny Cage was supposed to return in Mortal Kombat 3, which would have been interesting. I mean, the, the Mortal Kombat series has had a long run of bringing characters back from the dead, so I'm not opposed to it. Johnny died in the games, though. Did pretty much everyone's died in the games, right? Like Liu Kang is is what a Quite revenant a now and that kind of stuff. Yeah, Liu Kang has died twice. <laughs> just can't get enough of that dying. That's okay. This isn't Johnny Cage. That's just a guy, and that's just a girl. And I don't know who any of these people are. Oh, oh, really? oh God, I, Jim. I, I was gonna say I will always appreciate that James Ramar was the only actor. With any kind of name value they handle for the recasting, everyone else is like an Amer American gladiators or <laughs> just random extras they seemingly pulled off the street. <laughs> it does it does feel that way? One of the points I made in the first Mortal Kombat was even the extras were incredibly jacked, which you don't necessarily get the sense of in this movie that they tracked down like the most buff extras in the world. It's little no. things like that that kind of hurt the movie. These are just well, they ninjas. Want... They're not buff ninjas. They also really wanted like all the main actors to at least go through training or have train or ha having already been trained, and you you don't get a sense of that with most of the people. Yeah, like, I don't know where the Sonya's from, but you never really get the sense she knows how to fight. Yeah, she didn't have like six months of combat training beforehand. But again, I guess like the Sonya in the first film didn't quite either, due to uh, casting problems at the last second. No. Oh, well. I would say, though, the, the biggest shake-up... There's a lot of continuity between the first movie and the second one. But of, of the big shake-ups, I would say the most notable is that there's a new stunt coordinator on this film. Uh, in the first film, it was Pat E. Johnson. This time around, we have Eddie Stacy. So, I... <laughs> This is one of those tough things where you don't want to judge Eddie Stacy's skill level by this movie alone. Because if you look at all the other things he's done, like, fuck, the, the guy was a stunt coordinator on Batman 1989. He did a pretty good job considering Batman couldn't move in that movie. Uh, but, but if you look at his credits, most of them are actually as a stunt performer rather than a coordinator. Now, a lot of it goes together, but I, I think maybe some of his skills didn't quite translate to the screen. Or maybe the direction just didn't know how to take advantage of what he was setting up, because this Child does not much look like took a over too. Yeah, it, this it just doesn't look like a film that was designed by someone who really wanted to show off the combat. There's combat and a lot of it, but most of it doesn't really scream. Oh fuck, that's cool. Oh man, only a stunt guy with a lot of training could make that happen. Well, the big uh, one of the big problems. I mean, one of many big problems is. <laughs> The movie is about 99.9% .9 fighting, 
so there was no time to really design good fights when all they had to do is put together fights. It's it's a lot of quantity over quality, and all and budget kind of cut down a bunch of like big ones, so they couldn't focus on anything. Shao wasn't like some of the worst fights were the ones Shao couldn't put together. Yeah. Because he was busy I, having to put together 50 other ones that were going on. <laughs> People just well, walk into rooms and the fights. The movie. I'm curious how many more fights are in this film compared to the first one. Like, I've never take, taken out a pen and paper and counted. Also, I find this hilarious. It's very, very Mortal Kombat that there's just giant hamster balls that will take you anywhere on the planet. But it's it's such a silly concept. So weird and stupid. And they try and make this, like, a little sexy. Like, mm, we're, in the, we're in the tunnel together, Lou. This is amazing. Oh. It's, uh, it's it's so weird. And they have to take the time to explain it, too. They can't just go, magic balls. They have to be like, no, 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 there's science behind this. There's magma and currents. Just lava flowing through random uh, random tunnels. This is so goddamn stupid. <laughs> like it, it, It's staggering how bad this looks on camera. And at no point in the design phase was was that realized. It's like looking at like some of the designs from Attack of the Clones. <laughs> And just just to go back to it, it's very weird. This was supposed to be like a sexy scene because it ends with the two of them kind of mid-air hugging as they're hanging onto the hamster ball and longingly like looking past each other. I will definitely complain that uh, current day movies are not horny enough. I would say this is appropriately horny, but in a strange spot. Is that better than being sterile? Yes. Still not great. Ugh, casual Shao Kahn. Just loungewear Shao so Kahn. so fucking much. <laughs> hey, Dad. And this dude, who I didn't realize until I was an adult, was Chinook. Right? How weird is this? As someone who even barely knows the game, I'm like, that's not right. It is glorious! <laughs> glorious! I mean, if you're doing a Mortal Kombat, I definitely would prefer people overact rather than underact. So oh, yeah. let them shout the lines. Yeah, that's that's. I would way argue better. Brian Thompson probably could have been a cool Shao Kahn if the script was decent. Yeah, I would say that for most of the people involved. Like, uh, and he kept the fucking to, mask on. Yeah, not to judge the people on screen. I, I just think they didn't necessarily get the right treatment to have a performance that would be good. So this is, I, I complain about this all the time, but it really does annoy me. How shitty and worthless the Elder Gods are in the Mortal Kombat universe? <laughs> this goes back to the games. Like, there's clear rules, and the gods apparently don't actually lift a finger to, to like, enforce any of them. It makes it they feel like the Emperor a probably... long time ago. Oh, yeah. It, it feels like the first movie's pretty pointless, because they could have just been like, look, nine rounds up to ten tournaments. Let's just take over the Earth. They're not going to stop us. Also, do not un- underestimate the power of the human spirit. Why is this movie so disgustingly pro-human? It's like Flash Gordon. <laughs> it's a very, yeah, that's a good point. This is a very pro-human movie. Like, we have baller centaurs and forearm people, and they're like, no, 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 human beings, man, they're awesome, especially when they don't have robot arms. Yeah, there's a bizarre inspirational through line to this movie, like, even with, like, Jax's storyline and shit. Stuff like that and the shitty fighting and the structure of it, what I keep coming back to 
is this feels less like a sequel to Mortal Kombat and more like a goddamn film adaptation of the Mortal Kombat traveling stage show. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so I will say, as as a kid, I was incredibly excited uh, to see Sub Zero return because he was always my favorite. Oh, and as a kid, it's kid, you're like Smoke, Cyrax, holy shit, Sub Zero, right? That's it. Like as a kid, it has the intended effect. Like you see all these characters you vaguely are aware of from the video game series, so it's exciting and cool. Oh, it's a bad Power uh, Rangers movie, essentially. Uh-huh. Yeah, as an adult, I'm like, ah, oh, goddamn it. Even though I like Sub-Zero, what a useless part he has in this movie. Like, it doesn't need to be here. And oh, but Yang looks so fucking dorky in this movie, too. Uh, and now we have this little fight. I forgot this fight even happened, and I watched this movie not that long ago to take notes. And I still don't understand, why is this out. smoke, but he's Sector? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. They just reused the costume, right? Like, spray-painted black. Yo, goodbye, ninja! You had those the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> Just weird fan service the movie, and it was Kazanov's idea, which is even stranger. Just was, figuring, yeah, like, well, now everybody's the, the biggest time in all movie fan. game stuff. Yeah. Right. Uh, we don't have to bother with setup. You just know that it's going to be action, so let's include all of your favorites. So it just turns in, like you said, it's just an hour and a half of fan service rather than, like, a, a real full story. Which is, I think, actually a problem with Mortal Kombat. Each one really wants to do the first tournament that Liu Kang wins. But then, what do you do? Uh, the new Mortal Kombat, spoilers, gets around this by just setting itself before that tournament. So we just have all of the actors get together and they, they have to survive assassination attempts and a proto-combat before they can get to real Mortal Kombat. In the original movie, we had Mortal Kombat, and now they do this one where it's like, oh, fuck. Well, Mortal Kombat doesn't matter, so you just walk around the Earth having random encounters. And I think it's notable we did not get a sequel, at least so far, to Scorpion's Revenge, which just... Oh, Hello, Sub-Zero! Uh, hey, um... I come to save the day! <laughs> I do like his costume, actually. Costume's cool. Yeah. It's not as cool as the first one, but it's cool. Yeah. But, um... Uh, you know... It's 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 just kind of funny that even Scorpion's Revenge, which a lot of people like a lot, doesn't have a sequel because they did the tournament in that one. Now it's like, oh, fuck, what do we do? The movies are hinged on the idea of there being Mortal Kombat. It's in the title. But you can't do that concept like two or three times in a row because everyone's going to just shrug and go, okay, so it's a tournament again. You, you got to have a little bit more story drive than just it's a tournament or else people will clock out. I don't know if anyone's really cracked the nut on how to portray that in film over several movies yet. I just do what they're doing with the modern games, just in uh, do a time jump and then multiple time travel storylines. Go full <laughs> X-Men with it. Really confuse people. I just don't get it. Infinite like, lose. Like, there's a perfectly fine blueprint in the games for where to go story-wise. But adaptions seem to be confused by it more than anything else. Like, this is Mortal Kombat 3, essentially, but... It, it still doesn't even seem to know how to do Mortal Kombat 3. I, mean, I don't know if that's just because they literally didn't know how to properly adapt, or... 
take elements or just because of poor scripting and stupidity. Uh, we get a we get the fight everyone wants: Sub Zero versus Scorpion. I should point out it was very oh another classic Mortal Kombat moment with the uh, ice hologram. I should point out it's it's very weird that uh, Ed Boon has done the voice of Scorpion in pretty much every version of Mortal Kombat until the one that just came out in theaters. Yeah, like that that's just part of the thing. Uh, Ed Boon, for people who aren't familiar with Mortal Kombat so much, he was one of the co-creators of the entire video game series and still remains active in its uh, development. So it was always a neat little Easter egg that he was one of the voice actors in in the game, uh, in the movie. That said, it would be very weird if in the new Mortal Kombat they established that Scorpion is very much a Japanese man and then he sounds like Ed Boon. Suckers! (laughs) Get over here! I always liked how Scorpion was a little bit sassy in this one. <laughs> I mean, considering how small his role is, he has a large presence. You remember it at the end, even though he has this scene and then for some reason just disappears from the film. Uh, I have to say, nothing more cur- badass than Scorpion slowly climbing up. <laughs> <laughs> I've always been uh, confused about this. Is Scorpion working for somebody, or is Scorpion just showing up to kick Sub-Zero's ass like he's Sabretooth? I don't, it doesn't really explain. Is there a novelization of this movie? I bet it that I hope so. This was in a time where every movie got novelization, so I'm sure it had one. (laughs) Oh no, he turned into Mario Paint special effects. Also, if you look at that wide master shot there, you can totally see Scorpion just hanging out behind yeah. Katana there, waiting to grab her. Suckers! I, I love this film. I love how just poorly put together this film is. Uh, I mean, it's it's very funny because they're trying to set continuity between the first movie. We had Sub-Zero's good brother show up, who's just like, hey, I'm not, I don't know that dickhead. <laughs> Scorpion comes back from the grave. Johnny Cage is now dead. People have been recast. Raiden looks funny. They don't address that until like halfway through the movie where James Mark gets a haircut. Like it's it's just such a weird mishmash of things going on. Sub Zero just vanishes and he doesn't show up later. It's not What is happening? Why did you do it this way? This Night is Wolf like says an entire be three tests, but there's only ever one. Right, it's it's just astounding. Like they didn't take enough time to actually read through the script they had put together. Oh well, God! I mean, I remember like one of the screenwriters saying that like there are entire chunks of the story just missing because they had to cut out any scene that was going to go over budget. Yeah, right. this was originally supposed to take place in Outworld in a big like Outworld prison that she had to rescue Jax from, and now it's just this. <laughs> It's it's also confusing for me as a viewer because they mention that the realms are merging and if they don't fix that within seven days, everything's fucked. But like, how? What? What's the aftermath of this? What is it? All or nothing? Like, if they fix it before seven days, everything goes back to normal. Like the Eiffel Tower lands back in France and the Statue of Liberty is okay. Or is this like the longer it takes them to solve, the more of Earth is irreparably fucked? Because it looks like the entire planet is destroyed, and this is day one, two. I don't know. That's a minor thing, but I don't know what the stakes are. It feels like this planet is already destroyed and it doesn't matter too much. Besides, like, the ceremonial title of who is the emperor of this planet, this dirt rock. (laughs) Dirt rock. (laughs) 
Every version of Outworld basically is just designed to look like a strip mine. Damn it, I can't hack your arms. <laughs> so, Mike, as Mortal Kombat expert in the group, I know Jax has metal arms in the games. Uh, are, are they prosthetics? Like this no. movie, or are they actual metal arms, like robo-cyborg arms? As they are cyborg in the arms. New movie? In okay. all versions until this movie, they were cyborg arms. Hell, I, he, he, hell, his fatality in Mortal Kombat 2, they transformed. Into guns or something? No, spikes. Stab people oh. from his fatalities. I'm convinced the only reason they're uh, just robe like metal plate arms is because the costume looks so fucking fake. Probably. <laughs> I don't I don't know how you fuck up robot arms that hard. That looks like a fucking Halloween costume. I would say as a kid it was really exciting to have this expansion of the universe that now there's not only ninjas. But there's robot ninjas with like acid cannons. Oh Boy, my that's god! The coolest shit in the world when you're like seven. That I was. Fall. I mean, uh, I didn't understand the story of Mortal Kombat Annihilation as a kid. Like I walked out of the movie like I don't fucking understand anything besides animalities. Uh, but I, I did really like the idea of there being robot ninjas that they had to fight. Honestly, if if. Even as if I, as a kid, if I didn't, if I hadn't played the games, I probably would barely know what the fuck was going on. I mean, <laughs> with the first movie, we saw Jax for a split second with Sonya as she boards the boat by herself, and and then the the tournament happened, which we were led to believe isn't like a three month event or anything. But in the meantime, apparently over that week, Jack's like, fuck it, I gotta get robot arms. <laughs> and shave my head. And shave my head and become a different person. Something about ninjas in a lab. That just <laughs> amuses my very soul. Do you think if they ever make a Dr. McNinja movie, it'll, it'll be a lot like this? <laughs> I feel like Chris Hastings would absolutely do it in the style of like a shitty early two thousands movie. Oh yeah, it would be. Oh, it's the only thing that would be right. Oh, this fucking net. It doesn't even look like a net. What even is it's that? A bubble net. I mean, I know the effects weren't finished or anything, <laughs> but that still doesn't explain the design work. <laughs> okay, oh, but again, though, you have to appreciate just a skeleton falling to the ground. Also, this, that, that musical <laughs> Like, I love that. Unironically, I, I love that bit of music. <laughs> but somehow the soundtrack is still good. They still got all, like, the same bands and shit. The, the score is still good. It just for this. So one thing that always fascinates me in Mortal Kombat films, or fighting films in general, they have to try to find some motivation to give to the fighters. Like, there's a character flaw that's preventing them from fighting as hard as they could. So for Jax, it's even though he has these super-powered arms that allow him to beat up anything, uh, they're so somehow also a weakness, because he over-relies re on his magic arms. <laughs> and somehow his strength but, levels go up when he takes them off. Yeah, I mean, I, I see what they're going for. It's 
Like we said before, the reliance on the human spirit. He doesn't need mechanical bits. He was good always. Which is kind of endearing in some ways. Um, but it, it feels like a lot of times in these movies, they have to stretch to try and find a reason for them to have to improve their fighting game. Like the magical personality flaw they're going to improve that allows them to punch harder. Especially, think in like a Rocky movie, they always at least had a reason for Rocky to lose the first fight and come back and be stronger in the second fight. He got a training montage, so he understood it. With the Mortal Kombats, it's always, well, you did shitty in this particular fight, but survived. And I guess you'll just be better next time because your friend said something you took a minute to appreciate. Oh, God. This is very much an X-Men 1, what happens when uh, uh, Lightning strikes Toad. Like It has that same feel without the one-liner. Oh, there it is. <laughs> I will say, at least they don't actually have superpowers. <laughs> I mean, I'm fine with superpowers on these guys. Why not? It's It's already a pretty fantastical world. That fucking little tiny miniature dragon disappearing from existence. Also, the self-destruct vice that's working on like predator logic, where it has to give everyone a fair warning when it's going to go off. <laughs> hey, that was Cyrax. Were laughing. I love the fact that, that was Cyrax's uh, fatality on his plastic armor. Just exploded. that was that was Cyrax's fatality though. He had a predator fatality. Ah. Was it Cyrax or Sector? I think it was Cyrax. Yeah, he, he did Mike, like the laugh thing. Explain the difference between Sector and Cyrax exploded. to me as, as an idiot. Uh, Sector. Also, everyone, who's everyone in the scene? Go through every character in the scene. <laughs> Start with this because we're watching it. Um, fucking goddammit. Uh, Ermac um is an abortion. <laughs> essentially, Mike, um, I'm drinking the world's worst cocktail. Don't make me spit it up. I'll die twice. Um, Sindel may or may not be a corpse under mind control. It depends on, uh, what timeline you want to go with. Shiva has four arms. Uh, Motaro is a horseman. That's oh, it. and and Rain is sad. <laughs> like, canonically, he's just always very sad. A bit. Technically, Ermac, um, is a powerful sorcerer wizard. Doesn't look made it. up of many souls. Doesn't in reality, um, he he he's just an error screen. <laughs> that people thought was a secret fighter. <laughs> Meanwhile, Rain is just another palette swap ninja who is also uh, the exiled Prince of Adenia and Katana's long lost brother. Yep. There's there's a lot of shit going on here. Was that the guy who just got knocked in the fire pit? Yeah. Yep. Uh, Goodbye, Rain. Look- Look out for that shot of rain later. <laughs> I like his tiny giant hammer. <laughs> they couldn't he even get the fucking hammer right. Also, uh, look, look, look forward to Shiva just dropping out of the film. I love how shitty Mataro and Shiva look. They're just Ugh. jacked people. Again, they they just got some American gladiators to fill these roles. I love that. So see, you can't see his mouth. He has to really act to, like, pantomime what he's trying to convey. So he has the, for you, as he holds his arms out. I love that so much. It just seems so cheesy. But there's, like, no other way for him to communicate things. 
I'm just going to pretend <laughs> this is Rico. <laughs> if I can digress for just a moment, uh, I did mention a point that's important to all Mortal Kombat's. I really love how in the new Mortal Kombat, Joe Taslim is able to communicate through the mask. Because, I mean, his whole face is essentially hidden. But there's, like, weird little suggestions of what's going on with that guy. Yeah. There, there's one part where a chain zips by his face, and he kind of lovingly leans his face into it. Because earlier in the film, he was cut by basically the same move. And I, I just love that weird little quirk. Like, there's actual an actual acting decision behind that. Whereas this movie, you don't you, you don't quite get that. I'm not going to say the new Mortal Kombat is made of well-fleshed-out characters you'll understand. <laughs> but I will say at least the individual actors probably did their homework and had, like, backstory and stuff they were thinking about <laughs> when they were making their choices acting. Oh, yes. I, I don't know what anybody was feeling when they were making this. Every like most of the actors in this movie seem like they don't speak English as a first language and are just reading their lines phonetically, like uh, that Takashi Miike Western from a while back. Yeah, I feel like most people signed up for this because they thought it was a prank and they <laughs> thought it'd be a good laugh, and then they just kept filming and they couldn't go home. Except Lightfoot, Lightfoot, um, who's about to show up, is definitely having the time of his life. Fun fact, in the script, um, Nightwolf, while he's dressed like he is in the games here, he was originally, like, going to wear be wearing sunglasses and a Stone Temple Pilot shirt. (laughs) That would have been amazing. See, honestly, that'd be kind of fun. Instead of dressing up like a Native American stereotype to be like, no, we can can have some fun here. It would still give him the makeup. In the Mortal Kombat movies, you're just always, like, whatever your nationality is, you're just that forever. If you, like, are a ninja, that means you're still living in feudal Japan in the 1600s for the rest of your life. Uh, Street Fighter logic. Yeah. Also, Nightwolf showing up, being actually an interesting character, and then just disappearing after this one. Very quickly. I love how he shows up, and there's, who are you? Wouldn't you like to know? Yes, that's, yes, that's how conversations work. I ask who you are, and then you tell me, and then we have conversations. It's It sucks. He basically shows up to give some exposition about animalities, but the Earth realm is also very close to being doomed, and he doesn't physically help out? Is he is he a god in this world, and he's also forbidden from doing jack shit? Or what, what, what the fuck's your deal, man? I want to know. It's one of Nightwolf's crazy tests. I mean, <laughs> he basically shows up and gives, gives Liu Kang brain damage and then just like tells him to keep finding his inner passion. And the past three tests, and then only gives them one, which is just fighting an Asian chick? It's, yeah, like, they couldn't have somehow combined Jade and him together somehow. And instead, there's, like, this really (laughs) half-baked idea that Jade's here, and, like, his part of the test is he's not supposed to fuck Jade. But it's like, you, you met Jade two minutes ago, dude. Why would you fuck her? That's how Liu Kang gets down. Look, I know the world is doomed in about five days, but we've got time for a quickie. God, so you've never seen Shao Kahn's face. So bad. <laughs> he looks like a reject from uh, The Hills Have Eyes. He does. 
your animality, your animality, your animality, your animality, your animality, your animality. Why, why would they introduce animalities? You have no money. Well, Kazanov at this point was convinced that he could string an entire movie out of <laughs> references. Do not kill yourself, Cody. It's Stop not Stop drinking the goddamn drink, Cody. Oh, man. I, did I mix Drano in here? What is in Monster Energy? Drano. Drano. Dear God, this is, this is, we're never going to get any sponsorship money from Monster Energy Incorporated. Hey, it's snowing in the desert. Ooh, weird. Also, God, at this point, we should probably start going into why this movie is the way it is. Oh, yes. yes. Like, uh, we, we mentioned um, Larry Kazanoff uh, a few times already into this uh, commentary. The uh, architect of the Mortal Kombat advertising bonanza, who ended up becoming the... Pretty much the primary reason that Mortal Kombat was that ran into the ground. <laughs> like pretty much this and the the kind of the lukewarm success of uh, Mortal Kombat Four uh, tainted the brand uh, for quite a while. And what's so frustrating about this story is absolutely none of this had to happen. No, it's well, it's 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 very strange too because. Uh... So I'm just distracted by the film just randomly being horny again. Uh, I mean, Larry was responsible for the Mortal Kombat thing, not just being video games. Really, the, the giant boost for the franchise pop culture appeal was him. He was the only one who saw how big this could be. And then he immediately killed it. So he's both responsible for bringing this into the pop culture world, in a way, and, and destroying it. Which is weird. That's a lot of power to have. He is essentially the Mortal Kombat god. Oh, he's he's what what he is is he's a wrestling promoter. He comes in with the best of intentions, does great at the beginning, and then everything goes to shit. He's like an old seventies or eighties wrestling promoter. Now, now I'm just imagining him as Paul Bear, and it's a horrible mental image. <laughs> he just has an OG cocaine. <laughs> It just has to spin around with a terrible lens flare to appear in a new costume. Go to the techno. Oh, ah, we're going half speed. Yeah, I think even Kazanoff, even though he still thinks this movie was a success, which is weird, um, it wasn't in any monetary way. Um, even he admits even, that but it's on just... paper that's nothing. You gotta you gotta make more than your budget to be considered successful. Yeah. You can't go even. Um. There was so much, like, he was pumping out all of the Mortal Kombat stuff at the time, and he, I mean, he, quality aside, he fulfilled his promise, there was literally a fucking stage show, there was a cartoon, there was a TV show, etc., etc. There were action figures, you name it, there was Mortal yeah. Kombat. The Mortal Kombat train was a-going, which I think to him put the, had to put this on the fast track. They had to get to a sequel as soon as possible. Uh... Which, again, is wild, because this took two and a half years to get into theaters. Yeah, so yeah. it wasn't like it was rushed out the same year. They deliberately put it out in November? Why in the world? So Thanksgiving. Weird. Why anyone would think this is what should go out in, in November? I don't know what else came out November 1997, but it, it feels like this should be the last thing you would want to go to 
with the family. Uh, God, uh, Kazanov still swears that a lot of this was Midway breathing down his neck because they needed a movie to coincide with the release of Mortal Kombat 4, mm-hmm. which is a pretty iffy proposition for them at the time because that was their big move into the next generation with uh, with full 3D graphics rather than the, dis- the digitized look that they had with the older games. But I, I really think he's using that as an excuse. Like yeah. how, at that point, how much Ugh. power did Midway have over the Mortal Kombat train? The thing is, while that's possible because of synergy, it makes all the sense in the world. I, I don't think Midway would have held that much power for him to actually go through with that. I, I think he would still have delayed the film at the end of the day, it's not like Midway, well, we'll take the rights away. Like, Kazanoff had it. This should have been he like a Mortal January Kombat. movie or something. Yeah, and uh, that don't, that honestly doesn't explain why he got rid of the writer, why, like, I understand, uh, you know, Anderson went to make Event Horizon, and they wouldn't wait for him, essentially. Right. So, but it, every other decision, that doesn't explain it away. Sorry, I, I just I just looked up the other movies that came out in November 1997, and uh, let me let me just run down for for you because I think you're gonna have some reactions. Um, at the very end of the month, there was Flubber. You guys remember Flubber? <laughs> I remember. Uh, Flubber. I, I remember. saw Flubber in theaters. So did this I. Weebo. Uh, Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil. Anastasia, the animated <laughs> Anastasia. <laughs> uh, the Bill Murray movie, The Man Who Knew Too Little. The that Jackal. Is a forgotten picture. <laughs> it was also the Jackal. An old cable favorite. Uh, a day after Mortal Kombat came out was Alien Resurrection. Damn. Um, I like and, the and, idea of a worse movie taking away from the already bad movie. Look, no, at least that has Ron Perlman. Uh, God, at and, some point, somebody walked out of one of those movies to see if they could cheer up like their mood with the other movie. Oh, <laughs> God. That person had to blow their fucking brains out afterwards. I hope they walked in the Just swear off instead. movies like they've seen nothing since then. They can't I'm... trust fiction. Franchises are dead to me. Uh, but the, I left out the biggest thing. Uh, November 18th, 1997, Titanic came out. Damn. So if you're a movie coming out in November 1997, go fuck yourself. Like, Titanic <laughs> took all the money and just slowly dragged everyone to it eight times. Everyone else just vanished. Granted, no one thought Titanic was going to be a big hit, but why would you go against the fourth Alien movie? Like, you had to know that's at least big name recognition. It'll probably draw more than you. There's a Bruce Willis film back when he actually gave a shit. Um... And then for, like, counter-programming, kids, young kids are going to go see Flubber Anastasia. And adults are going to go see Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil. All of that to position it in a month that had no business being in. There's right. so much effort went into so many bad decisions with this production. Oh, and I forgot. Actually, earlier in the month, uh, Starship Troopers came out the first week of November. <laughs> oh, my God. So you have Starship month. Troopers, Alien Resurrection, The Jackal. So these are the these are the action movies you have competing against this at the exact same time. All at the same time. Like, they're released within, like, two weeks of each other. Jesus. <laughs> Who looked at the schedule and went, nah, it's fine. We can beat Veerhorn. <laughs> Granted, most of those movies did not make a lot of money, but still, that's just like, in retrospect, you'd look at it and like, what a ch- poor choice. 
<laughs> and now we have a cat fight in the mud. And that looks nothing like Katana, despite it being her stunt double. But still. She's got the weapons. She's got the weapons. Whee! I'm always happy to see a live-action Molina, though. <laughs> There's something so very late 90s, early 2000s about having a kung fu fight in a mud pit between two women with a <laughs> like a rock soundtrack in the back, just don't up, don't don't don't, like some new metal kind of shit. It's pretty. Oh, it's missing us like a fucking Mountain Dew ad in the background, like the bike fight scene in Torque. Mike, you could probably explain this to me. This isn't something that would fit into heavy metal, but it almost feels like it should. This is like new heavy metal. <laughs> it's industrial. Industrial heavy metal? Like if they were to make a spin-off of heavy metal, the franchise, this could maybe go into it. But I don't quite get why this doesn't fit in with the like just the weird ass almost exploitation of the heavy metal franchise. Oh, God, why does it look worse this time around? Oh, it's so bad. It's The design is awful. The texture is non-existent. It's everything about this is bad. Oh, boy. Just cut that. Cut it entirely. So, I'm sorry. I was thinking of the film Heavy Metal, and I was just in a nicer place than this. Yeah. So the effects in this like movie... Right, but Mike, I'm just saying, if you if you think of like the idea of a cat fight set to heavy metal music, like someone could pitch that as heavy metal, but it still wouldn't quite fit in, which is strange. No, because not a lot in heavy metal really feels sanctimonious. It's 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 weird that that definitely would be out of place. Cat fights are not a thing for heavy metal. Heavy no. metal is like, you know, it's it's titillating, but it doesn't feel like a cat fight would be right for it. No, cat yeah, fights that... are more like, like I said, like. It's a completely different genre. It's a, it fits into a different genre of of of, of film, of, of literature, of music. As I said, if mu if if cat fights had a score, they would be industrial. I think, especially in the mud. <laughs> yeah, well, that heavy or metal just is the more song like Lady's Night. Exactly, heavy metal is you know it, it's. So you think heavy metal could only be something that would exist naturally with heavy metal as the background score? Yes, exactly. It has to fit into like the aesthetic of the music, and and things which that go really... with the aesthetic of the music, which cat fights don't fit into that. I it's agree. Got, it's hard it's to place that. It's too bluesy. Though. It's 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 too. It's a little bit too chill rock. Even if it's well, hard, it's it's... There, there's parts of heavy metal too that almost feel a bit film noir, like the one with the cab driver. You know. Yes. But that, oh, very that much. Fits. Yeah. That definitely fits, even though I would say that that would definitely be more on the jazz end of things than it would ever be heavy metal. But it's, uh, even heavy metal is derived a bit from jazz, so it makes sense. So it fits into the tone of the music. It's just There's it's, a very specific is... aesthetic to the stories in heavy metal that fits with the music of the title. Now, okay, we're going to do a different episode on heavy metal at some point, because this is a really fun conversation for me, and it's it's much better than the cloud thing that Raiden's currently talking to. <laughs> oh, I thought, Raiden was, I thought Raiden was just playing Mist. <laughs> he lit all those but, candles. Uh, just the variety, though. If you look at the, the first heavy metal, we have what? There's a zombie one with World War II bombers. There's like a Frank, uh, Franz Franzetta movie where there's just like a fire and ice thing going on. There's... There's a lot of different... There's like a sci-fi noir. 
there there's so many weird things but they all feel connected somehow and i don't have the smarts to tell you what throws them together other than maybe what you said mike of just these are things that could conceivably play well with heavy metal in the background yeah like they're all but shades they of score, they like a musical work. genre it's why the music like the combining element is the soundtrack to heavy metal that combines each story together and gives like a through line through music And Which you can't really throw something in there that, like, disrupts that. Well, that's what I was going to say. On, on paper, Mortal Kombat seems like the exact thing that you would expect to see in a heavy metal segment. Like an animated two-minute segment of a guy fighting a four-armed monster from underground who's a prince. And he has metal arms. And there's a tournament to save the world. Seems like it should fit right in there, right? But oh, yeah. if you were to take any clip from this movie, it would never quite work in heavy metal. <laughs> any of them. To be fair, I think you could take a clip from this movie and it wouldn't work in this movie. <laughs> okay, true. And over an hour into the commentary, we have decided Mortal that there Kombat are no is scenes from it. Yes, there are no scenes from Mortal Kombat Annihilation. That would fit into the 70s animated anthology <laughs> film, Heavy Metal. Can we just do commentary for Heavy Metal now? I just want to talk about Heavy Metal. That's, yeah, I'm, I'm at why that point. Get, I want to switch Shao over. Why have knights? I don't, I don't know. I'll let Jamie, my notes ended at, God, the CGI is atrocious. So everything after this is just vamping. All right, so, so uh, the CGI. We should talk about the CGI. So Yeah, yeah, that's a the, big weird thing. Th this is very interesting to me. Like, whether or not there's oh, sorry, I have that to interrupt special you. effect in particular. <laughs> I'm sorry, I have to interrupt. Fucking Rain just pops in. He has a haircut now, and he mentions, like, Hey, I'm back, but as a new actor. This is this is like fucking 48 minutes in the movie. He has to be like, I got a new look, which is just a meta commentary that there's a new actor. Why do you not do this at the start of the goddamn movie when you've recast it? We've already gotten used to the new actor. Never give up it's hope. It's mind-boggling. It's so fucking weird. <laughs> so anyways, the CGI, Mike, the poor effects. Yeah, just Raiden popping out of nothing. The weird editing, the reusing of footage here and there. You could say it's bad filmmaking, and maybe some of this would have crept in anyway, but there was a test screening of some kind. Remember, this is New Line Cinema in the 90s. And they didn't even want the first movie. Like, they funded it, but they were pissed about having to do so. Yes. So they got a test screening where I would assume likely it was probably a test screening done at a mall with a bunch of like teenagers or something. Um, they loved the film. Like, they just thought it was perfect. They absolutely, like, went gaga for it, whoever they got in this test screening, which, like I said, probably were teenagers at, like, a 90s mall. This is how, like, shit was done at the time. New Line, in their infinite insanity, decided, don't touch it. It's since, Why obviously, money? we're printing gold. Like, this is money, if they liked it so much, so don't change anything. Even Kazanov was like, but the movie's not actually done. We like, these are temp print. effects. Is, like, yeah. um, the editing's not actually done yet. That's why there's continuity errors. Like, all this shit. They were not allowed to touch the movie. Like, what we're watching is essentially a work print with the proper score in place. I love that this is the second time on bop in a movie we've done commentary for a work print 
<laughs> on a major franchise. This has happened multiple times. Which is, I mean, I, again, it's a running theme for this movie because they're always worried about going over budget because it was just, it was not planned well. But it makes you wonder, would this movie have been on the same level, at least as the first film, if they had time to go back and tighten it up and fix, fix the effects? I, don't, I would say I don't, no. I don't uh, think so. No, just some of the line readings that they left in, unless laughable. they had alternate takes, yes. I'm just saying, there's some line readings in here that are so atrocious, they wouldn't have even put those in in the temp edit. Yeah, like that no. must have been the best one they had, and they just they were like, "Well, we'll we can tighten it up or remove parts of it in post," and they didn't get post. Oh, the script so obviously was garbage, and honestly, it's poorly fucking directed. Right. Someone well, who clearly doesn't know, like, knows how to point a camera, but at the time doesn't know how to direct yet. Obviously, he'll eventually come to, but. And it's a big thing for spectacle movies to know how to work along with the CGI. If you're a director without a lot of clue as to how special effects work and you're directing a special effects movie, it's not going to meld well. Which is why I think like, if, if you're a special effects artist and you get promoted to director, you may not make a great, compelling actor movie, but all the effects and the spectacle will blend in very well. Or and we don't have least, that here. Yeah, or at least be a special effects nerd like Anderson was. <laughs> yeah i think that's one of the best things about uh, peter jackson like he was hands-on for a lot of the special effects in his early films so he knows how all that stuff should play out in his later ones maybe he got too into it and it hurt some of the things like the hobbit but at least he cared about it same with uh, guillermo del toro knowing monster effects and making monster movies like the guy actually had to work prosthetics so now all of his movies feature the goddamn best prosthetic work you will ever see like the makeup is astoundingly good Small side, just because, fuck, I don't want to talk about this movie right now. Uh, the Shape of Water. If you watch the behind-the-scenes footage of Doug Jones getting into the amphibious man costume, it's amazing. That's that's what they put on camera. That was not a CGI creation. That's an actual makeup job with uh, with lights, like that reacted to blacklight and stuff that would show up under different filters. So all the light functions and whatnot weren't just added later as a new layer on top of the costume. They were they were built in. They were just reflections of light. It's astounding. You look at that costume on set and it's like, how how are other movies not doing this? This was not a $100 million picture and it looks like they made the creature from the Black Lagoon in the lab and then unleashed him with acting skills. <laughs> it blows my mind. It's like, how do other people not have the same skill? How do we not just fund more movies like this? Anyways, back to Mortal Kombat. <laughs> back to all your friends. We'll be dead. <laughs> You're doomed. Fuck, it's like someone just put a chalk stick into a drink and said, drink this. And I'm like, sure, <laughs> I'll do this. Oh, God. Much like Mortal Kombat Annihilation, that drink is a disaster of your own making, Cody. It's slowly killing me. Aha. A dramatic cake toss. Shut the fuck up, Jax. <laughs> oh no, an army of reptiles. Once again, if I can go back to the new Mortal Kombat, mm. it's not like the Jax gets a lot of time. He doesn't carry the movie, but he's a real character at least. I like Jax in the new Mortal Kombat. He has a form of arc that's not as silly as believe in yourself. <laughs> I, I get, well, it kind of is. But whatever. A little bit, yeah. Uh... Actually, he recovers yes. from trauma, at least. Yeah. 
Also, I mean, in the new Mortal Kombat, spoilers, uh, Sub-Zero being the shit out of Jax is fantastic. Like, that's a high point of the movie. Just fucking Sub-Zero moving in like the Terminator to beat the shit out of a guy that freezes his arms off and then slowly push him off a cliff and be like, hey, you tried. <laughs> Sneaky ninja. Sneaky <laughs> uh, Keep your eyes out for Ray Park here. wearing a wig. Just about to mention, Ray Park, uh, Darth Maul, as we all know, got his start on this movie as a stunt stand-in for Raiden. So anytime Raiden looks like he's doing anything like this, where he's spinning or moving, uh, that's that's Ray Park. Anytime James Ramar does something, it's Ray Park. Anytime they don't need James Ramar's beautiful voice to say words, it's it's not him. Once again, I would like to say I'm not shitting on Ramar as an actor. Like, the guy was in fucking The Warriors. He's a good actor. He yeah. killed the Phantom. Bad... He took his belt. Yeah, he's just in a bad picture. Like, this dude obviously knows what he's doing. He brings more to most projects than, you know, anyone else you put into the role. Not in this case. This is one of those rare moments where it's like putting him in is actually a mistake. Like, he's, he's, he's insane material and he doesn't have anything so to weird. elevate. Guys, remember when Dexter was good? Come on, yeah, he was nice. It's it's like, you know, you know what this is? This is like um, if he was never recast in Aliens. <laughs> it's like sometimes Ramar just shouldn't be in a movie. I love Ramar. Sometimes there are just certain movies he should not be in. Right, just because you're a good actor doesn't mean you should be in every movie. You know, it makes sense. Uh, I am I am blanking out. Who is God damn it? Who's raiding in the original Mortal Kombat? Christopher uh, Lambert. Lander, uh, Lambert. Yeah. So there there are a couple different stories about why he wasn't in this one. Uh, the original cover story was he was busy with another project, so he just couldn't make the time to be here. But he's also done interviews where he said like, "Yeah, no, I read that script and I thought it fucking sucked, so I just made up a reason why I couldn't show up, so I could well, read my contract." Well, specifically, he could not show up because he was busy filming Beowulf, like the sci-fi 90s Beowulf that we all remember from the Sci-Fi Network. And what I love is if you read between the lines on that, Christopher Lambert was in that Beowulf movie so he wouldn't have to be in Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Like I can kind of respect that. That's such an appropriate reason for Beowulf to exist. But I want to stress, too, in the first movie, he was only going to be filmed in the studio, and they were going to have a stunt double basically stand in for him so they could film him in long shots so they didn't have to pay to bring him to the island they made the first movie on. He paid out of his own pocket to fly and live in, uh, what was it, Thailand? Where they they filmed the first movie so he could be on set and interact with the actors because he believed in the project. So that says something when the guy who's willing to be like, yeah, no, I'll take a, I'll take a dent out of my paycheck because I want to make a good film goes, I'll do anything to not be in the sequel. I'll, I'll start in another movie to not be in your sequel. Oh, it's like seeing Jeffrey Rush be bored as Barbosa in The Last Pirates of the Caribbean. Oof. Right. And that's the one that's actually written around his character, which is fascinating. Like they made it for you, but poorly. And Lyndon Ashby, like one of the reasons he was like, Pretty much one of the reasons everything fell apart with him, besides also the script being bad, is he was the only, like, other than Lambert, he was the only, like, actor of some repute. So, guess who was going to get a pay raise that (laughs) Kasanoff didn't want to pay? 
the first movie made like 40 times its budget. <laughs> Pay everyone. Just, just, just admit you're going to lose some money and you're not going to make 30 uh, times your budget in the second movie. Oh, yeah, Baraka Baraka. breaks my heart. It's hilarious to me because they did like an actual mask on him, but he still has human hands with knives stuck on him. And well, they literally like just a dude gave him a wearing a mask. mask. Well, no, look at his arms. They did, they did the padding to his like wrists. Like they gave him human hands and he's got monster forearms. <laughs> it's Popeye. It's it's such a oh man, this, okay. uh, it's yeah. such a oh god. Just imagine if you get someone like Rick Baker to ever do something like this, and how different it'd be. Oh god, M- Mortal Kombat Annihilation is such a goddamn death of a thousand cuts because Mortal Co- <laughs> the original Mortal Kombat was kind of a miracle movie where so much that could have gone wrong went very right simultaneously. I mean. Like you lose, like with this movie, you lose most of the cast, which also means you're losing half the writers on the movie because, like, the original Mortal Kombat has a very so-so script that was elevated by a lot of ad-libbing and a lot of just Anderson and the actors and the stunt people just making shit up on the fly. You lost again, all yeah. of that. People give Anderson, Anderson shit and everyone else. Director, but just just look at the difference here. Anderson knew what the fuck he was doing to put stuff together, or was willing to collaborate better because he didn't know how to film an action movie in that first one, and he took advice from the actors like, "Oh, you've Ray, done action no, film. not again." <laughs> <laughs> no, I I mean, I, even as a kid, I think I was very rough on Anderson because he made a Alien vs Predator movie that I didn't love. And well, he was, was the internet's called, favorite punching bag. True. Yeah. And now as an adult, I'm like, that was stupid. Like, I would give a lot of money for more Wes Anderson movies. <laughs> Even if they're bad, they're entertainingly bad, and they're making some distinct choices that show quality. I'm never going to tell you Mortal Kombat deserves an Oscar, but I will say Mortal Kombat 1 is a fun movie. It's a good Go movie. Go back and watch something like Spawn, the movie, and just be like, I can't get through this. Mortal Kombat I can still watch, even the CGI isn't good. I, I, mean, I don't... Speaking I don't, of... Yeah... <laughs> like there's nothing else to this but this statement but michael jai white was almost jacks in this but lost out so he could go do spawn he made the right well, choice a, damned if you do <laughs> damned if you don't right because uh. at least he got to be spawn he got to be in a movie that looked better visually you still remember his spawn to this day if, but and yeah, positively they, too like so that worked out for him yeah, he tried. Uh, if if they ever do that Spawn reboot, isn't he rumored to still be the uh, the actor behind Spawn? No, Jamie Foxx uh, is cast. It... Oh, I forgot. Well, that was like ten years ago. Are they still? <laughs> is he still on board? Well, uh, McFarlane has done his best to ruin any chance of that happening. So I think we're back to square one again. We have no idea. Shocker. Last last thing was like two years ago when Fox and Renner were cast. It's kind of like. Um... The Crow reboot, but they just keep trying to make it happen, but it doesn't. And you have to wonder who is so motivated, who is that beholden to the rights that they're going to make this a thing, no matter how many decades and millions of dollars in pre-production are wasted. With oh, this... with the Crow, it's literally just one dude with the rights who's not letting them do anything. Yeah, apparently he's like he's every time the movie falls apart for creative reasons, it's apparently because of this dude. Like he's just insane. Like, they were doing makeup tests of Jason Momoa. Cody, please, for the love of God, stop drinking that. I'm almost... 
I'm How about, is that not a meme? I'm, I'm about <laughs> a third left. I'm about a third left. I can do it by the end of the movie. I'm glad you're enjoying yourself. God, I'm not, but it's part of the thing. It's, it's evil it's, twirl. It's... <laughs> <laughs> I'm in spandex. Jazzercise. Wait a second. I just realized Melinda Clark is in this and Spawn. She did oh. both in one year. Oh, shit. Melinda Clark. <laughs> I love her evil laugh as she turns into a light bulb and flies out the window, and Jade sneaks away. Where's Melinda Clark in this? Oh, that's not her at Sindel there? Oh, no. Oh, just <laughs> a very very similar type of MILF. Oh, you had you had me convinced, Jamie, but I I don't know. Faces all blend together. I don't recognize names or people or places. I miss nineties. I will say, I feel very bad for Robin Cho. Like oh, he's man. he's a very good Liu Kang. Uh obviously physically he knows the part. He's a great stunt character. Like, he can do all the fights great. Uh, he has charisma. Like, he would be fun to watch in more movies. And he didn't have a huge, huge American career. Which is too bad. And and movies like this really let him down. Yeah. Because this was his franchise, and unfortunately this movie never really reached the heights it could have. God, could this you imagine... Kind of Oof, yeah. Like, could you imagine if Devastation had gotten made... And against all odds, was good, and that was just a fucking shot in the arm for his career. Well, Anderson said he'd be interested in coming back. I don't know if there's any truth to that, but he mentioned like, "Oh, if they ever do a part three, and I'm free, yeah, sure." So just imagine they do a part three, and this was after Event Horizon, where he's kind of actually got some mojo going. He was, you know, Event Horizon is kind of his masterpiece in my eyes. Uh, oh yeah. If he had followed that up with a Mortal Kombat 3 and and maybe <laughs> had some of the shackles of this movie released where he didn't have to worry about his work print going into final production, the CGI maybe could be a little better because times have progressed. Maybe could get some of the original cast back with a better script. It's, it's a lot of what-ifs. Like, the odds are Mortal Kombat 3 would have been terrible. But you haven't seen it, you don't know, and you just want to dream about it. You know, they never revealed... I mean, obviously, I, there was no way it was Anderson. But they never revealed who the fuck was directing Devastation when it was getting ready to film back in um, 2004, 2005, whenever it was. Has that, that script ever leaked? I don't think so. It was far along, though. I mean, they had sets that were built. I mean, that, the only reason it didn't happen is those sets were destroyed by Katrina. So yeah. it was no, it was yeah, it was about to bring it together. Yeah, they were uh, Johnny to start Cage filming. in interviews yeah. where he said like, "Oh yeah, I've read the script. It's good. I'm gonna I'm gonna be back as Johnny Cage." Like he he literally said, "I'm back." Like it was a, yeah. it was a thing on his schedule. It was like 100 percent uh, ago. They were weeks away from filming when Katrina happened. Yeah, <laughs> the Collector Three. It's one of those things you're just gonna dream about forever. Uh Oh, God, I'm distracting you from the CGI. Oh, bring sorry, that monster Jade. back, because it looks so good the first time. Sorry, sorry, Jade. Uh, so there's there's a great podcast out there, The Best Movies Never Made, if I can oh, find something yeah. that's not us. Uh, I wonder if they ever did a Mortal Kombat 3 episode, or if they ever plan on it. Everyone mm -hmm. write to them and ask them to do Mortal Kombat 3, because I'm very curious. Not and yet, I believe. but They, they would be sure the people to nail it. They're, they're a great show. I wonder where Shiva went to. Got <laughs> Mataro waddling over. I'm a horse man. Womp, womp. 
<laughs> what, was his, what was his gladiator name again? Oh god, it was something like uh it's not glacier, but it's something like that. Ice cap. I should point out to anyone listening at home who's not familiar with the games, Mataro's really big and scary and impressive. He's not just a dude with a tail. They can actually afford to show him as a sprite with like a, a centaur body, whereas in the movie it's like, what if we just film him from the waist up? And you you got the idea he was a horse they man. They couldn't afford Mataro, so they used Mataro. They couldn't afford Shiva, but they still use Shiva. So, Mike... Outside of Mortal Kombat, it's three he's in, right? Matoro's part of three. And yeah. Armageddon, where he has two legs due to uh, the dark wizardry of Blaze because they couldn't do a centaur in 3D. That's how difficult to animate horses are. <laughs> I mean, they're hard to draw. They must be hard to animate. So he's only been in like those two two games. Could you could you actually fight? Is he a, a, a selectable character or is he only like a boss? Um. There were versions of it. I think uh, Ultimate Mortal Kombat 3, if I remember correctly, you could play as Mataro. That seems tough. Yeah, yeah. nobody remembers because Goro outshined them all, but for a really long time, every Mar- every uh, MK game had its own Goro. That's what I was saying. Like, each game had to introduce like a new big freak monster to be the big boss, right? Yeah, 2 was Kentaro. Uh, just Third, essentially Eddie. just Goro, but it's less humanoid Lady. and like tiger stripes. And then Motaro. Motaro was cool. Because it was like really it's a neat unique idea. and yeah, it was just a completely you different type of, of monster. Villains. They had he had like a lizard tail, he had cool moves, he was super powerful, and unfortunately he could just never go over to like the 3D era and shit. A lot of the sub bosses from there kind of started going a little bit more downhill, but I'm gonna say I remember uh, the ads from Mortal Kombat 11 not featuring any weird monster men. Uh, the big sub boss for 11, I'm blanking on his name, but uh, he's not a monster dude. He's just like an elemental guy with uh, sand powers who was pretty cool. Can can he do like the mummy where he makes like a big face and eats people? I him? wish. Oh no, I haven't seen his fatalities yet. I love this theremin music we got going. <laughs> Everyone has to pose! It's weird to think Quan Chi got his start as a sub-villain. Um, so... Who's Quan Chi? Uh, old, bald, Oh, white he's the old dude. man. He's the old dude, okay. Didn't they I don't say know if he's like old, the, the necessarily. Sh- he's, he's, he's youngish. I mean, he's immortal, so... I'm confused. I'm thinking of, like, the guy who became the hero after Liu Kang died, who had, like, the long wizard Palmay beard. You're thinking of somebody completely different. Yeah. No, that, I'm sorry. You're thinking of that. Shinjuku? I don't know who that is. No, 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 no. I'm... Quan Chi is the, the wizard acolyte of the elder god Chinook, who framed Bihan for the murder of Scorpion's ninja clan so that Quan Chi could then manipulate Scorpion into becoming uh, his agent on Earth, you know, to manipulate the V events of Mortal Kombat so they could bring Shinnok back to power. It's all very simple. 
I want to die, and I'm going to do so by drinking this drink. And they say Mortal Kombat doesn't have story. Christ, what is in this? I mentioned the ingredients, but I, I hate them. Ah, it's like turpentine. <laughs> by the way, my favorite wrinkle of that is... You you may be thinking, oh, so Quan Chi hired the Lin Kuei Ninja Assassin Guild to wipe out Scorpion's Guild, uh, you know, to create that revenge plot. Oh, no, 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 if only it were that easy. No, Quan Chi transformed like the chameleon into Bihan and personally <laughs> murdered Scorpion's family himself. Oh, okay, this is coming it's together. Uh, no, is, uh, he's the bald dude, right? He's the he, he's yes. the guy who looks like Scorpion, right? Or not Scorpion, sorry, a uh, uh, fucking chameleon, right? He's got the bald head, yeah, wizard dude. Yeah, it's bald head, spiky collar. Yep. Nope. Nope. I got you now. We're on the same page. Oh no, Raiden has died. He died like fucking the Dark Knight Rises. Uh, Talia. He kind of did it. Ah. Uh, with his eyes slope and head shake to let you know that the soul has left the body. Somehow still edited slightly better than what Christopher Nolan did in Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> Sorry, Chris. I love your movies. Fiendish Shao Kahn. You done fucked up now. Mr. Ed is mine. I'm a horse! Woohoo! I'll fight my mother. Ah, I flip! I love how they have to stick it to Ermac in his one moment to shine. Poor Once Ermac. again, Sonya has like a moment where her thing is she's supposed to be asking for help, which is pretty much the first movie's theme again. But then they're like, I'll take the leftovers. Like, they just admitted she had the weakest fighter and that she can't even take it on her own needs Jax's help. <laughs> it's like, what a disservice you have done to this character who is one of the mainstays now. Everyone knows Sonya Blade. I will say, yeah, fuck it. I keep going back to the numeral combat because I don't know if we'll get to a commentary episode on that anytime soon. Since it's, just, it's just out. I like more what they do with Sonya in that movie than what they did in the original two. Oh yeah, like she. It's really kind of Sonya's movie. Sonya should be the main character of the new movie. It would have made a lot more sense if Sonya was the main character and they eliminated Cole. Um, a lot of things would make more sense if they eliminated Cole. And uh, I think folks at home can tell that we have a wide variety of opinions on New Mortal Kombat. Um, I enjoy it quite a bit while not recognizing it as a good film. Like, it, it does not get the rank of master on my Jedi, Jedi Council. Jamie uh, and I kind of vetoed doing an episode on it. I, I mean, honestly, enjoy it that... out of fun, but I, I've, I've even soured on it more personally. I rewatched really? it in a theater recently with some buddies, and uh, I, got, I got a mix um, so there, there was one guy who was pretty familiar with Mortal Kombat and movies in general, and he watched it and he just wasn't a fan. Basically said like, hey, I, hopefully if they do a sequel, it's a good movie. That, that was his commentary on it. My other buddy, who's also a big fan of Mortal Kombat, uh, he watched it and he's like, I won't say it's good, but I had fun, which is where I'm at. I'm like, it was fun. Uh, he also laughed for two minutes straight in the theater when Sub-Zero popped up in the window frame. Uh, towards the end of the movie to attack Cole's family. Spoiler. Uh, he just couldn't stop laughing at that. He thought it was mostly funny. I don't know if that's intentional. Sneaky Sub-Zero. Sneaky! <gasps> uh, and then I, I had another friend with me, and she doesn't watch movies. Like, I, it's 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 weird talking to her. I feel like an alien, because I'll, I'll make five movie references, and she'll be like, I haven't seen any of those. Please talk like a human being. 
and reference emotions instead of a movie you saw five years ago. Dragged her to it. And she's like, I, this was better than I thought it'd be? I thought this would be awful, and I had a lot of fun. So uh, it, reviews are all over the place, and each person is really <laughs> hit or miss. Um, so I, I can't just outright say this movie is so bad, everyone who watches it will be miserable. I don't think anyone I know who has seen the movie has said, this is perfect, I love this, this is high art. But a lot of people who at least watch it are entertained. I, I found myself on the, I'm having fun with this, so it's okay, it's flawed, but I, I didn't expect a lot going into Mortal Kombat. I wish they had used certain elements more. Uh, anytime Joe Taslam isn't just on screen, I'm like, why isn't Sub-Zero here? <laughs> <laughs> but I enjoyed it. Mortal Kombat 2021. Everyone should see it, but no one will love it. I think that's it. I don't think there's anyone who's going to be like, this is my number one movie of the year. But you will have a lot of people that are like, hey, this is some new comfort junk movie I can watch. It's definitely comfort. Like, I, I, yeah, I'd be willing to see what they do with another one. I would hope maybe the fights are orchestrated or filmed a little better. Uh, not necessarily orchestrated, but just, just, just filmed yeah, differently so I can I, see more of it. There's I, a reason there's a whole meme around the fights in Mortal Kombat being wonky. I think that's everyone's main takeaway from that. It's it's like when Chris Nolan did the shaky cam fights in Batman Begins. Everyone was like, "Fucking stop!" We know you're trying to do a thing. Stop it. We want to see <laughs> Batman punch a guy. Just you can do better. It's it's just a movie that feels like it was ripped apart at some point in the editing room. I don't know. It, or the script writing phase, or both. <laughs> yeah, probably Most both. Likely both. Um. Yeah, I mean, like I plan to watch it again soonish, just for my own personal enjoyment, because I had a lot of fun. It was. There was some cool stuff. I like a lot of the ideas, and there was definitely passion that went into it, which is nice. Like, you can you can see that on the screen. But just, like, character and story stuff, I kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Yeah. Just, like, yeah, basic construction. Sum- yeah, if you could sum it up in a sentence, I guess it would be, uh, all of the ideas were good, and all of the execution was bad. Yeah. Not all the execution. Not anytime. Yeah. Oh, Some. there's one thing I want to mention. Um, if you're making a good Mortal Kombat movie or an entertaining one, let's not say good, you have to have Kano. You, you got to have Kano in your movie. If you have don't, it, it it can only be there's a ceiling. Mortal Kombat Annihilation doesn't have any Kano. Kano all day, day every day. The franchise together. Kano in Mortal Kombat the reboot, the 2021 version, fucking gold. I just like. Someone described to me as it's it's like he has a shtick that's funny, and then it wears out, and it's like God, fuck this guy, and then he keeps doing it, so eventually it becomes funny again. It's a joke that you guys repeated so often, eventually it becomes hilarious because it's overdone. That's Kano. I fucking love Kano in the new movie. Oh dear God! And I just look back at the screen, and now we have animality, an animality, an animality. You know, I was about Here to say we that go. the new move. One of my problems with the new movie is it's too corny. And then he turned. Then Liu Kang turned into a dragon. <laughs> You're saying this as Shao Kahn's head turns into a cone head, so he become a Hydra. Why is he like a worm Hydra? I'm so confused. They have this fight, and it doesn't even matter because this doesn't end the fight. They, no, they fight it's not the end. Tired. They just tumble. All, they just do this, and they tumble off the side, and they go back to normal. They run but out of CGI secret. money. Yeah, they run out of CGI money, and then they go back to a normal fight, and then. <laughs> Shao Kahn loses god power so it becomes a fair fight finally uh, it's it's very weird that this was not necessary it's a lot like in Pirates of the Caribbean 3 where they spend the entire film 
gathering a pirate armada to fight the other armada, and then they decide only two ships should fight. And, and like, three ships go into the Maelstrom at the end, I believe. Three, two, it's been a while. But the entire armada that they have spent two hours gathering does not matter. They're just there to watch and cheer. That's this. Like, they spent this whole movie building on the idea that Liu Kang has to unlock his animality by his, finding his passion. And and then it makes for a three-minute? I didn't time it, but it's not even full five minutes of CGI action fighting. That's because he didn't go through all three of uh, of the crazy tests. <laughs> he missed some of the crazy tests. That would be consequences. I love how Khan's mortal now just because, and also had nothing to do with the animality thing. Now well, the Mike, Elder Gods decide to show up. Mike, it's Mortal Kombat, and they have made him mortal so that he can come participate in combat. I love, I, I honestly, it's hilarious to me that the bad guy's plan is to get around Mortal Kombat by just not doing Mortal Kombat. And the Elder Gods finally step in like, hey, these guys cheated on Mortal Kombat, so their punishment is to play Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat. I have to say, even Not as adults, like... the, the dude having the Mortal Kombat voice Mortal is still kind Kombat. of awesome. With the I, woman still... sounds like a normal woman, the guy sounds like a fucking deep voice, uh, deep throat fake. It still weirdly excites me. Then the theme kicks in for 10 seconds. It gets you excited. This is a great theme. It, it makes anything more exciting, even this half-ass fight. And it stops! And then it's just fucking <laughs> Shao Kahn stomping on Liu Kang. It's not fun anymore the moment that music stops. Ah! Fuck, I've got a lot of drink to drink, and I want to drink it. Oh, fuck, it still smells bad. Drink the drink, the Dracula drunk. <sighs> Closest thing I'll ever get to poetry is saying, drink the drink, the Dracula drunk. You know, eventually so Robin Chow is uh, killed by Akuma. How does that work? Okay, explain this to me. So I, I understand that Liu Kang is the savior of humanity in the early Mortal Kombat games. He is uh, unceremoniously killed in, was it 4 or one of the spinoff games? That was Deadly Alliance. Deadly Alliance. Uh, and, and and then from that point on, he he's a Revenant? Is that correct? He's he's just kind of like a bad guy now because he's dead no. and his his body's been resurrected. Explain. No, he he first came back. Uh, he was resurrected uh, for evil purposes as an abomination, a zombie abomination, with, like chains like around his uh, wrist and shit. It was pretty awesome. Isn't that a revenant in the Mortal Kombat universe? Two different no. things. Yeah, zombie. Oh shit, revenant, that's actually different. different. Things. Oh fuck. Yeah. Okay, so so this is different than Noob Sabot. Fuck. Like a, uh, like a, a wraith in the Mortal Kombat universe, uh, a revenant is pretty much like a, a demonic resurrection. Oh shit! They just phantoms like on that guy. <laughs> I'm so confused about Run this. Run away! I'm Run so away! Confused. I just thought anyone who died and came back in Mortal Kombat was was considered a revenant. I thought that was like from Ed Boon's mouth. Did he lie to me? Did he simplify things because I'm a casual? Uh, well, you also no, got we're doing two different timelines. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Uh, Liu Kang's body is essentially resurrected as like an abomination. Um, so his soul's not there. It's just his his body, which is weird. Yeah. Doesn't he need the mind and the soul to be the fighter he was? Apparently not. But no, he's a and zombie. Then uh, time shenanigans happens, and Liu Kang, who is in Mortal Kombat Nine X and Eleven, <laughs> is. Uh, Mortal Kombat, you know, one era and then forward, Liu Kang, and he's uh, never killed by the Deadly Alliance. Okay. 
So so he only spends a couple of games as an evil zombie. Yeah, he's never yeah, that... he's never necess- he's never like resurrected as like full normal Liu Kang again. We just go back to a different timeline. This half resolves my questions. In, in the new <laughs> but by introducing new timelines, you've made it infinitely more complex. <laughs> in the new timeline, he's murdered by Raiden. No, yeah. what? Wait, is Raiden bad now? No, uh, Raiden was trying to allow Shao Kahn to win uh, the second Mortal Kombat tournament because a cryptic vision from the first timeline told him that uh, Shao Kahn must win for the universe to be saved. Uh, That's what what splits the timeline. (gasps) What I love is what happens in Annihilation is essentially the resolution of Mortal Kombat 9. They just let Shao Kahn go forward with his plan. And it turns out, because that's against the rules, the Elder Gods just step in and say no. Oh. It's kind of amazing. Oh, that's bad. Basically them acknowledging that the rules of Mortal Kombat don't make sense. 20 years later. <laughs> I'm, I'm so... Oh, there's a lot of lore here. There is... Uh, oh, but that's, a, but that's not even going into the uh, the death of Liu Kang leading to God Emperor Raiden going mad with power and becoming his own cosmic threat that has to be stopped later. What? Yeah, Dark Raiden Raiden's was, always been a thing. You said Raiden was a like, good guy. There's a bad I, Raiden? Oh, Dark Reign's what? always been a thing, like, even before the timeline reboot. Wait, Kind of sniffing stop, around, please. like, uh, Deception Era and shit. Hold on, I'm pulling the, I'm pulling the brakes on this train car. There, it, uh, does, does good Raiden and bad Raiden exist like a Twin Peaks thing where there's two coops? Yes and no. Oh, Christ. Uh, I got more drink to drink, and I don't... Ah! All options are bad! Please explain why drinks so Mor- I get the worst. See, in Mortal Kombat 11, evil Dark Raiden is challenged by good Raiden from the Mortal Kombat 1 timeline, who's completely different from the Mortal Kombat 1 timeline Raiden we meet in Mortal Kombat 9, because they bring what? them back from the past what? twice. What? No, that... How did... I don't... Oh... I don't get it. Can you can you illustrate this with straws? Everyone should go see Looper. I think Looper's a fine movie. I the agree. important thing is Kung Lao is always dead. <laughs> I'm so Poor fucking Kung confused. Lao. I want to understand the Mortal Kombat mythology. And every time I hear more about it from people who know it, I'm just like, oh, I, I would be better off like eating a bullet. This sounds just... very... Using. Honestly, you just like watch a, a lore okay, video. Hold on. Or There's a bad guy in Eleven called Chronica, right? Like literally the embodiment of time. Yep, she's yep. the uh, she's the main villain. It's basically the combatants battling Thanos at this point. Super. I remember. Okay, so 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 depending on how you play Mortal Kombat Eleven, you get different endings, right? So I I, I heard one where like if you win as Jax and play through the game as Jax, <laughs> he resets time and like abolishes slavery. If I'm remembering this right. Well, there's a whole difference between uh, how seriously you take the individual character and right, right. Most of them aren't canon. There's like them. 40 people playing, and only like one has the true canon ending. Which, and you only know the canon one when the next game comes out, right? Usually, yeah. Okay, Usually, but no, the, uh, Liu Kang is the canon ending for all of them. 
No, just for 11. Okay, so so he's got to have a record, right? Like, he's the canon ending for one, I'm assuming two, three, and then, like, he, he dies, so he can't be the canon ending anymore. Yeah, yeah, the main character of uh, of Mortal Kombat has shifted, like, three times at this point. Fucking wild. But it's never Kung Lao. Kung Lao is always dead. Well, uh, going into more retcons, as far as oh, Mortal no. Kombat Shaolin Monks is concerned, uh, as the final fight between Shang Tsung and, and uh, Liu Kang is going on at the end of the first game, just off camera, the entire fucking cast is give, having a big Infinity War battle royale. Where, and that's where Liu Kang makes his dramatic entrance to save... Or, or that's where Kung Lao makes his first entrance into the canon to save Liu Kang so he can deliver the finishing blow. I I liked the new Mortal Kombat a lot, how it set up Liu Kang, or Kung Lao to be like the chosen one who... Uh, spoilers, fuck it. I, I spoiled the movie like eight times for you. Just watch it. Uh... Kung Lao dies, and then Liu Kang's like, oh, shit, I love that guy. Ah, I, fuck, I guess I'm the chosen one. This sucks. The, the wrinkle, like the idea. He has the wrinkle they put on that, and actually utilizing Kung Lao being the, the actual chosen one, the actual descendant of Kung Lao for the first time in goddamn canon, that was brilliant. I actually, it kind of made me wish the story followed Liu Kang, or at least Liu yeah. Kang and Sonya equally or something. That was... Like the backstory there was really interesting. I really liked that, and I liked the Luke Kang was idea exciting of pushing in that movie. I love into that role. There's, I mean, it's subtle in the new movie because Luke Kang's a side character, but I, I like that where he's basically hero worshiping Kung Lao, who he, he refers to confusingly in the movie as like a cousin and a brother at different points. So you're not sure if it's actually blood relation or or, or purely just like a spiritual. They're cousins. Yeah, they they do both in the movie though, so it gets funky. I think well, brothers just, just use thing. like in uh, you know colloquially. Yeah, like we're part of the same sect kind of deal. Yeah, the br- same brotherhood. But it, like for someone who doesn't know the movie as well, I imagine it'd leave open the interpretation that they're a brothers, b cousins, or c, not actually related in any way. And it's almost like a a, a love relationship, which is like someone me. Not Somebody wants to ship the two of them. Not knowing the games, that was me. I was like, oh, that's a ship. That's like, he fucking loves that dude, and he's dead, so he's got, like, a personal vengeance thing going have on. Have you drawn the My art yet, for this is very homoerotic. I'm sorry, what? Have you drawn the drawn the artwork yet? Oh, I, I can't draw. Otherwise, I would. No shame. Mm, no shame at all. <laughs> Things he can I do with that's... that goddamn hat. I, oh, baby. No, I think that's good motivation. You have queer characters, and one feels very sad, the other one's dead. You're fridging a male... Uh, relationship in this, uh, if you're if you're gonna use fridging, that's a good way to use it, right? Twist it a little bit. <laughs> I don't but know that, if that's true, Cody. No, Cody, oh, that's, that's all different stuff. That's that's bury your gaze. That's a different. Tro- that's a different bad trope. What is the definition of bury your gaze? I thought that Killing was just hiding them. Oh, I thought that's it was just like hiding them from self, the story. Self-explanatory. You know, we didn't even talk about food fight. The perfect explanation <laughs> as to why Larry Mike, Kazanoff has gone off the deep end. Units of credits to go. Please go into it. Fucking food fight is a. Oh god, just okay. Just pause this for a second. And watch the trailer or something. Then come back. Okay. So food fight was written and directed by Larry Kazanoff as his big opus and his big essentially businessman dealing to essentially make the 
product placement motion picture extravaganza. Uh, one, the original version of the movie, I'm going to go through this just so quickly. Just look up a video that goes into like more detail of this because there are good explanations. But um, the first version of the movie was stolen in what everyone pretty much just assumes to be a insurance scam. Oh, absolutely. Like, there's no... I, that's something that has even, like, only just recently seemed to have come out. Because, like, I followed the food fight shenanigans for fucking, for fucking years across uh, various, uh, like, bad movie YouTube channels. And, yeah, there's, like, no police report on that or anything. It kind of just looks like they didn't have the money to make the movie in the first place. So they pretended it was gone. So they could restart it. And the the movie was almost like a Duke Nukem Forever. Like it kept just like Kazanov kept changing shit and restarting it. Kazanov didn't was directing an animated movie, but didn't know how animation worked. So he'd keep having things redone as if it was just scenes being reshot or something. Yeah, he'd like he walk into the studio and just say, "Make it thirty percent more awesome," and then leave. It stars Charlie Sheen as a dog. <laughs> You should have started that. That's your hook. Oh, it stars Chris Catan when Chris Catan was still a name. That's how long that movie was in development. And this well, was going to be mean, another Kazanoff. Sure, that's Kazanoff. what the House on Haunted Hill has him. <laughs> this was going to be another Kazanoff multimedia experience. Like, and the comics still exist. Like that float. Like that were made and float around and all that. But there was going to be like a web series, the movie, comics, merchandising. It's. He still thinks it's a masterpiece. Speaking of masterpieces, do you think anyone in the credits used an alias? Like anyone like on the like digital composition crew is like, uh, I, I'm, 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 I'm Joe Smith. I have seen some mysterious one name names. <laughs> See, I don't know when they can change their credits in the titles. There's Chet probably Czar, some... by the way. That's an amazing name. <laughs> there's, there's probably some sort of guild rules about like, you know, being an Alan Smithy, but you, you would have to think a lot of these guys saw this and like, this is going to hurt my career if they know I worked on Mortal Kombat Annihilation and this is the product they're releasing. Techno magic visual effects. So, uh, one more thing about Food Fight, which utterly fascinates sorry, me. Sorry, sorry. Feature guitarist, Buckethead. Yeah! yeah. Buckethead! And we are not disparaging ultimate. in any way. Buckethead knows his guitars. But, uh, my favorite factoid about Food Fight is that movie cost $65 million. What? It's more expensive than the Lego movie. That's what? That's why it's widely believed that this was either a money laundering scam or some kind of like insurance thing. Like the, there's so much shady shit about the production of this movie. Um, oh, God, it, uh, it, it uh, honestly yeah, does. I'm, I'm mad. Okay, go back to the thing we mentioned before: The Shape of Water, that won the fucking Oscar for Best Picture. Its budget was twenty million dollars, and that was in twenty. <laughs> What was it? It was like 2017. Again, looking at the timeline, it really seems like they were just moving a lot of money into a movie they weren't making. And then they had to account for why the movie wasn't made. So they faked a theft. When Warner Brothers bought Midway. Hellboy um, 1 was made for $66 million. And that was 2004. <laughs> When Warner Brothers bought Midway... I'm mad! I'm so confused! Kazanoff and Threshold Entertainment sued Warner Brothers with the most amazing argument, which is 
that they like sh- backward shipped of Theseus Mortal Kombat in a way by saying that Midway, because they only did the video games, technically the creator of Mortal Kombat was Threshold Entertainment. Because oh, they lawsuits that was insane. Came up with everything alleged allegedly came up with everything for the movies and all the other you know the merchandising and all that. So by well, by that the other process, way around. They thought that hey, we did all the stuff for the movies, and then that impacted how the games were developed. So the games kind of fold themselves into our version. Yeah. So technically, we created all of those characters in Mortal Kombat, which we're also going to say is valued at five hundred billion dollars. <laughs> As you do. I'm willing to accept $5,000 in a sandwich. <laughs> See, what what I love is specifically... like One his whole argument. pack of Gilgers, please, and we'll sell this out of court. <laughs> Kat, Kasanoff's fucking argument was that not only had, was Mortal Kombat mostly his creation, but the characters and world as they existed in the first three games were so primitive that they were not legally protected under copyright because they were <laughs> amorphous and ill-defined. Okay, well, he... Kassadoff's brain, Mortal Kombat, was just Karate Man, the game, starring Sprite 1 and Sprite 2. He has a point when it comes to Kano, who totally morphed into movie Kano after Mortal Kombat 1 came out. Not in Every... a copyright sense. No, everything at well, I mean, Kano from the original game versus Kano from like Mortal Kombat 3 is a totally different character, essentially, the way he's portrayed, right? You wore red in Mortal Kombat 3. Like, he goes from a Japanese American to basically an Australian after, after like part two or something. Oh, yeah. But every other character is like, oh, no, that's an insane claim. Like, there's, he did have an impact, but it wasn't like you shaped the games entirely. (laughs) You you kind of based them off of there, and then you were popular, so they adjusted themselves to fit after you. There's a lot of tail chasing happening here. It's kind of like if Nintendo of America said, oh, no, 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 we created Mario. I mean, they did that for King Kong, remember? Didn't work out, but they, like, Donkey Kong and King Kong, they tried to, like, no, 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 Kong is ours. We, we, Kong's the thing we did. Anyway, that was a bop and a tragedy for Mortal Kombat Annihilation. I should have mentioned the tragedy part earlier. I forgot that. I think that's a given. It's true. There's probably some young child who's just excited, like, Mortal Kombat, Annihilation, a sequel to my favorite movie. Oh, boy. And and they watched our podcast. I can't wait for the, the movie crew to cover it. Oh, boy, I'm disappointed now. Um, and, and then we just ruined this hypothetical Mickey Mouse child's life. <laughs> hypothetical Mickey Mouse children aside, where can they find this, Cody? You can find more of us at boxofficepulp.com. If you want to find us on Twitter and yell at us for wasting an hour 35 of your life, which I don't blame you, we are at boxofficepulp, the Twitter. You can find me personally, if you just want to attack me as a person, uh, at bopwatch1. One, one, the the number, not one spelled out. Uh, I'll leave you guys out, because you don't deserve this. Be free. Be be independent from the rage of the internet. But you can also another find drink, on, Cody. I, I drank it all. It's awful. I want to die. More yeah, we than know. Normal. We, we yeah, know. No, I said the more than normal part. Uh, you can also find us on Stitcher, iTunes. We're all over the place. Uh, uh, what's it, Mike? Uh, I, I will never remember this. Amazon Music has us now? Amazon Music, yes. <laughs> hey, you can kind of nailed it if it wasn't for the question marks. <laughs> Tight. 
And if you want to listen to us not doing commentaries, but regular episodes, which we do sporadically between these commentaries, they do exist. That's a thing we do as well. So you don't necessarily have to sit around for two hours as we complain about things like tremors. And we will be back to a fairly normal schedule at some point, since for some reason God didn't want this fucking commentary to happen, which is why it's been like a month since we recorded the first Mortal Kombat commentary. God and I were in alignment. It's like, let's strike them with a plague and internet outages and, and pestilence and just apathy and depression and mental illness. It is glorious. Uh, also, I, I believe May is Mental uh, Illness Awareness Month, so please go go see a doctor. You, you, there's something wrong with you. Go, go, go talk to a professional. Go get help. Don't be the way you are. That's correct, Thanks, Cody. Cody. You do have a drinking problem. That's true. No one helps me except for the doctors, and I don't trust them either. Anyways, folks, get vaccinated, go see your doctor about your mental illness, and go listen to our masks. next episode. Wear that, too. I think I covered all of our bases. <laughs> Vote Democrat. Vote de Jesus Christ. I mean, uh, fuck, I don't even believe in Democrats, but it's like the lesser of two evils by 10,000 miles. Fuck. Jesus. Ugh. Ugh. Anyways, folks, thank you for joining us so much. We made it political at the end, because fuck you. Uh, and there's more of us out there. Anyways, that's a wrap. Get the hell out of here. You get more out of life when you go out to a movie. Please remember to replace the speaker on the post when you leave the theater. Fuck you and there's more of us out there is an incredibly <laughs> threatening sign-off. <laughs> I stand by it. I was shaving a mohawk as I said it. <laughs> This is Box Office Pulp Guy, and this has been a Pulp Podcast production. Now please, 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 put a gun in my mouth and pull the trigger and say goodnight. And now, on with the show. <laughs>